Um, the, the rest of you, we have um, the wonderful privilege of hosting Dan with us. Dan, do you want to come up? Um, Dan is from CAP. This week is our CAP Sunday. Um, and so uh, Dan is here from CAP. Um, he's going to uh, lead us through this morning. So I'm just going to pray for Dan. I'm going to pray for him that God would use him. Um, and then I'm going to hand over to Dan. We've got um, interviews, videos, and he's going to be sharing a little bit of a heart um, of CAP um, and things for us. Um, Lord, we just pray uh, for Dan. Lord, we lift them up to you, Lord, and we just ask that you would use him mightily this morning. Lord, we pray that he would feel um, freedom amongst us, Lord, to just share uh, your word, your challenge, your heart for justice, Lord, your heart for um, those in our communities that are struggling. Lord, we just pray, God, that you would use him mightily, Lord, to bring your kingdom um, into this part of North London, to bring your kingdom into the lives of those around us, Lord, our neighbours, our friends, our colleagues, Lord Jesus, then, Lord, we just pray that you would give us ears to hear what you're saying, Lord, that we would be sensitive and open to the challenge from Scripture, the challenge that you want to bring to us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in. Very good. So, um, firstly, thanks to um, Richard and the church leadership team for inviting me to come talk to you about CAP this morning. Uh, it's great to be here amongst you. Thank you. Um, as already mentioned, my name is uh, Dan Burroughs, and I'm the centre manager of the CAP Wansworth Centre. So, I've come from south of the river. A little book there, very good. Uh, from south of the river. And I also actually have a dual role. So, I'm also the community pastor at St. Mark's. Battersea Rise, so we're based over near Clapper Junction within Wandsworth. Uh, a little bit of background about myself, so you know sort of who I am and who's actually talking to you this morning. Um, I originate from the capital of football and popular music, home to the Beatles and Liverpool Football Club, which is of course Liverpool, uh, because I'm not biased. Uh, the first thing, person I spoke to this morning was a Manchester United fan. Um, oh, our enemies, but bless you. Very good. Um, Five years ago, on the 1st of September, uh, an easy day to remember for man's wedding anniversary, I married a wonderful Scottish lass called Alison. Uh, we have a wonderful two-year-old daughter called Iona, um, who's blessing us in so many ways. Uh, we live on the other side of the Thames, uh, in Riddlesdown. You've never heard of Riddlesdown, probably, but if you know Croydon, so we're not far from Croydon. Uh, my favourite food is chicken obviously being from South London, and especially from Nando's. So there you go, a little about myself. Um, I do actually have a little connection with you, and I don't think she's here today, but Sally, the wonderful... Hello, Sally. Sally had the privilege of being my area manager for a few years. Uh, and thank you for putting up with me uh, for my various rants about head office, but she was just a wonderful blessing to me. Uh, she used to send texts to me just to encourage me, and she is a an amazing lady, and I'm sure you would agree with me. And also, what a great worship band you have, guys. You really rock. Fantastic band there you have. Uh, but it's great to be here this morning. And our church is actually very similar uh, to yours, and that you clearly have a heart uh, for the poor in your local community. It's great to see, like us, you also um, have a Trust Food Bank, uh, which is as well as a CAP Debt Help Centre. So we also have those at our church. And your debt centre is run by the wonderful Ruth, uh, who's sat over there. And you're going to hear a little bit more from Ruth, so it's not just all about me this morning, very soon. And I'm sure she can update you on what's been going on in your centre. Uh, but it's great to read on your website how Ruth and the team are currently supporting 36 clients and 30 people have become debt-free in the last three years, which is fantastic and I think deserves a round of applause straight away, which is amazing, very good. 
So I've been working with CAP for nearly eight years, and I've loved every minute of it. It's been a fantastic journey. At St. Mark's, we, as I've already mentioned, we run a debt help centre, and also a release group, and also we run the CAP money course. So to be able to witness firsthand the amazing work God has been doing through this ministry called CAP across the nation, and the speed of its growth, I was just sharing with someone earlier, it's been utterly mind-blowing. It's been a real privilege to have been a part of this, and my prayer is by the end of the time I have with you this today, uh, you too will be inspired uh, by what God has been doing through this ministry called Christians Against Poverty. Mental illness is a big problem. On the 4th of October, the World Health Organization released a press release stating that one in four of us will suffer from it at some point in our lives. One in four. To me, that is absolutely staggering. Today on Your Cap Sunday, we're going to uncover how poverty, debt, unemployment and addiction can create a storm of mental health issues. We're also going to be celebrating how God is using CAP and the church to calm the storm and bring God's peace into thousands of people's lives. You'll also have the opportunity to get involved, both of your prayers, time and also financially by giving to CAP. But firstly, if you have a Bible, do turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 40. And let's read this together. So that's Mark chapter 4. Verses 35 to 40. And it'd be a story you might always be familiar. Uh, Jesus calms the storm. So Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 40. And let me read these verses to you. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? As I mentioned this year, my wife and I celebrate five years of marriage. And there are lots of things we enjoy doing with each other. Uh, We enjoy gardening. um, We're members of the National Trust. Uh, Last summer, we both went to Canada on a holiday and enjoyed descending down a 2,000-foot-long zip wire across a valley, which was slightly crazy. Uh, We both enjoyed going to the beach and also swimming in the sea. But our love of the sea, though, stops there, especially when it comes to boats. Um, A few years ago, we went on holiday to hot country in the Mediterranean, and we got um, conned into going onto this uh, boat, which basically just sailed us around various coves. And every so often, the guy would come on the tannoy, we stop here for a swim. And I love being on boats. I can be up and down in all sorts of places. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. But my wife is the total opposite. Even though this boat was on very calm waters... She was seasick. She was really ill. But of course, as soon as the boat stopped, off she'd be over the side. Because just getting off the boat into the calm waters, she was okay. She was fine. 
So today in our passage, we find the disciples in a boat and very much in deep trouble. They were in the middle of a rough storm in open water. Now, if you've ever read the book of Mark, you'll know that this section is a key section in revealing Jesus' identity, who he is. Mark's gospel is simple, yet a vivid account of Jesus' ministry, emphasizing more what Jesus did than what he actually said. If you've ever read it, you know that it's actually it's a very fast-paced, moving book. It moves at a tremendous pace. Mark doesn't hang about in telling you about Jesus. It moves quickly from one episode to another and often uses the adverb immediately. If you look with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 12, just turn over if you have a Bible, and let me read this very short verse to you. Mark chapter 1, verse 12. It says, At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert. At once is a distinctive characteristic of Mark's style of writing. And he uses it 47 times. And translated, it means immediately, quickly, just then. So Mark is a man on a mission, and so is Jesus. Up to this point in Mark, Jesus has been baptised by John and officially gets the okay from his father for his mission. He then lives in the desert for 40 days without any food or water, which is tiring enough in itself, but then at the end has to endure then being tempted by Satan. He then starts to call together his band of brothers, drives out an evil spirit, which in turn turns him into a local celebrity and the next big thing in town. He then goes on to heal Simon's mother-in-law and numerous people with diseases and demons. Then, just as Jesus finally gets a well-earned break on his own, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, let me read it to you. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. No, the disciples come and find him straight away. Read there in verse 36 and 37. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. So then off they go throughout Galilee, preaching the good news and driving out more demons. Then what follows is a series of confrontations with the religious leaders of the day. But at the end of it, we know that not only Jesus has the power to heal disease, cast out demons, so basically it's destroying Jesus, Satan's power. He also has the power to set people free from their sins by forgiving the paralytic man in Mark chapter 4. So what an amazing man Jesus is. So it doesn't surprise me that in the passage we are looking at today, what we've just read, we find Jesus asleep in a boat on a cushion. He's exhausted. Just to get, he's exhausted. And don't you just love Mark's human touch here? I've never noticed before, but I actually noticed this when I read it for the first time. Iona, our daughter, she loves to snuggle up on a life-size teddy. It is literally about this big. It is a massive teddy, which she won at a Christmas fair. And here we have the God of the whole universe, the Lord of lords and the King of kings, who is about to display that he's not only Lord over his people and his church, but over all his creation. Here he is, snuggled up, fast asleep on a cushion, on his teddy. And it just shows 
Jesus' humanity in a brilliant light. He is fast asleep. I would imagine when we think of a lake, we wouldn't normally associate it with a storm. I can't remember there ever being a major storm, say on Lake Windermere in the latest, for example, or Loch Ness in Scotland. For those of you who may be familiar with Lake Galilee, it's no normal lake. Yes, it may look beautiful and picturesque on many pictures, which it is, but the lake is situated in a basin surrounded by mountains, so it's particularly susceptible to sudden violent storms. Cool air from the Mediterranean is drawn through the mountain passes and clashes with hot, humid air lying over the lake. So this wasn't any old storm. Matthew calls it a seismos, the Greek word for earthquake. One minute the disciples are lying there enjoying a spot of fishing and taking in some sun rays. The next minute their boat is being wildly tossed about in the sea. The enormous waves are crashing all around them. Water was filling up the boat. They were trapped in a storm that looked like it would sink their boat at any minute. They were running out of time. They did not know what to do. They were absolutely terrified. They could see no way out of this situation other than death. And you can hear the panic in their voices when they finally found Jesus asleep on his cushion. How on earth he is able to sleep through a storm is amazing. But they wake him and say, don't you care? We are going to drown. I've read this passage many times. When I was reading this account again, I was just reminded of recent events in my own life. Uh, 2016 uh, times for the Burroughs family was very much like being in the storm. In Aaron's first full year, she spent numerous occasions in A&E due to breathing problems. On one occasion, I was just giving her some milk and she literally just stopped breathing in my arms. But thankfully, the ambulance arrived very quickly. Uh, she also had two febrile convulsions, which is basically similar to an epileptic fit, with one taking place in the middle of Croydon Shopping Centre. My wife and I also had numerous health problems time and time again over the year, ranging from numerous bouts of flu. We also even had scarlet fever on one occasion, which was an experience in itself. And then last May, my dad was admitted to hospital on Thursday, was told he had cancer on the Friday, and then had died by the following Tuesday. And I never had the opportunity to say goodbye to him. So it felt at times as if I was in the middle of a storm, time and time again, just being battered from all sides, just like the disciples were in that boat. And if I can just maybe pause for a moment... You may also be aware of times in your life when it just felt like you are in the middle of a storm, when it's felt like you are just being battered from all sides with no clear way out. In fact, you may well be in the middle of one right now. But this passage, there also is a vivid picture of just the panic, anxiety, fear and hopelessness that comes from being trapped in the storm of poverty. The disciples could only see and hear the impending chaos which was going on around them. They were going down fast and needed saving ASAP. They were trapped. And this is what it can feel like for our clients. 
They can feel trapped in the storm of debt, relentless wave after wave of bills and demands that you just can't pay, living in fear of every knock at the door, every letter and every phone call. No one will listen to you. You've tried everything, even not eating to pay the bills like 70% of our clients who miss meals before CAPS help. But it makes no difference. The debt just keeps spiraling. Or you could be trapped in the storm of unemployment. Every rejection letter adds to the feelings of worthlessness. You've tried so hard, but you just don't seem to be getting anywhere. Waves of rejection just keep flooding over you. Or trapped in the storm of addiction. Even though you know it's wrecking your life and relationships, you do it again. You have no control. You're trapped in the currents and swept along by your addiction living with constant regret. To give you a flavour of the problem, 2.6 million children live with parents who drink hazardly and one in four adults smoke. You feel so alone. No one knows that you're out of your debt. You keep it hidden, thinking you are the only one. Your shame keeps you silent. There's no escape from the deep swirl of anxieties and worries in your mind. You come up for air, but they just keep pulling you back under. I can imagine that in the heat of the moment, some of the disciples contemplated the only way they could possibly see a way out of this terrible situation, and that was to just jump overboard and just drown. Poverty and death's most visible effects are physical, but the most damaging impact is on people's emotions and mental health. That's why 70% of CAP clients sought medical help on account of anxiety, depression or stress. 38% considered suicide as the only way out, with a shocking 11% actually attempting it. I can remember in the months sitting in A&E after yet another visit with Ionef at my wit's end thinking, will this cycle ever end? Or in the days immediately after my dad died, just feeling utterly confused and lost. Don't you care about me, God? You say that you love me. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? And I'm sure many of us can relate to similar um, experiences in our own life. I'm sure we would have reacted just like the disciples. They thought Jesus didn't care or just wasn't interested in them anymore. He's abandoned us to this awful fate, they thought. And yet, it's when we feel in our lowest ebb, in a moment of desperation, when we are out of options, it's when we feel there is no hope and we are looking around in panic, trying to see a way out. It's those moments when we feel like God's asleep, And we feel so alone that we just cry out for help. We cry out, don't you care that I'm going to drown? Don't you care that I've lost my job or my marriage has broken down? Don't you care that my father's just died suddenly? And I could just go on, I'm sure, with many different examples. And if we are honest, maybe we're actually no different to the disciples. You know, yes, we can praise God and very easily through the good times and say all the right things about him. And up to this point, and I'm sure the disciples, they've had quite an easy ride of it following Jesus. Why would you not follow a guy who can do supernatural things and was the most popular A-list celebrity in town? Yet when the wheels come off the road, so to speak, and challenges and danger can come our way, 
it's then we might start questioning, accusing God that he doesn't love us anymore. Don't you care about me, God? Yet in his grace, he forgives us. And I'm just so thankful for that. We need his help and without it, we're just totally lost. Just as the disciples, though, called upon Jesus for help, thousands of people are crying out for help. Every six minutes, someone in the eye of a storm is ringing Cap's helpline. They are crying out for help. They are ringing Cap, they're ringing the R800 number, but they are actually calling upon the church. They are calling on God's people to help them, and that's you and that's me. I remember the week after my father died, uh, taking myself to Box Hill, which is a beautiful location overlooking the country, not far from where we live. I'd been there previously when I'd been in another storm and found it just a really peaceful and just restful place. And God met me there in a powerful way. So I was just desperate for this to happen again. And I can remember sitting myself on a bench and in a moment of calm, God just reminded me of the words which I was just told uh, when my dad's last one asked about the hospital chaplain. Do you have any regrets, John? No. Do you know where you're going? Yes. And I'm just thankful for God's many blessings. They were his final words. And those words, they literally just blew me away. Literally just blew me away. And I remember in that very moment, God just breathed on me and say, be still. It's going to be okay because I've got you. And it's in the moments in the midst of storms of life that Jesus meets us just right where we are and can meet you right where you are, if you are in the midst of a storm. With those words, quiet, be still, it'll be okay. But it's also in that moment that people need us. Jesus' representatives to step into the boat with them, speak to the wind and the waves, and to calm the storm of poverty, and say to them, be still, it's okay, breathe. He calls us to be his ambassadors and to speak for him in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. He calls us to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, to defend the poor and the needy in Proverbs 31 verse 8 and 9. He calls us to calm the storm of poverty right here in Camden. He wants to use us, his people, his church, to be channels of his peace so they can calm the waves of anxiety, stress, and depression. And that is exactly what thousands of people and hundreds of churches all across the UK are doing when they choose to partner with CAP. And this is what your church is doing already through your CAP Death Centre, as well as over 300 centres across the UK. I was just talking to Richard earlier and I was saying when I started many years ago there was just 50 centres or now. Now there are over 300 death centres all across the UK. So just in case you weren't already familiar with how actually a CAP Death Help Centre works, let me very briefly just explain to you what we actually do. So Ruth and her team will befriend us. They visit clients in their own homes giving support and love, whilst our award-winning debt counselling teams get to work up a head office in Bradford. 
Cap takes all the demanding letters and chaos and makes just sense of it all, creating a budget that will give people a way out of their debt and into a future filled with hope. A budget means rent and bills are paid on time. A food allowance means clients can buy proper meals for their family. And it means electricity is being paid so that they can heat the house in winter. We speak up for our clients by negotiating with creditors. They are the people they owe money to. So that they can get unfair interest and charges stopped or reduced and affordable repayment offers set up. We calm the storm. We silence the noise of constant, constant phone calls, endless demands, relentless bills dropping through their doors and knocks from those bailiffs. So this unique powerhouse of the church on the ground and the deck councillors, the head office, means we support thousands of people through life's up and downs until they are debt-free. So people are not alone. And it really works. Not only do people become debt-free, they also actually stay debt-free. And this is a key thing here. We recently contacted our debt-free clients and found that 93% of them stayed debt-free. And 82% of them still use a budget today to stay in control of their money. This is why Martin Lewis, who you may have seen on the TV, money-saving expert man, he's got his own TV show on ITV, even just the other day on ITVs this morning, kind of just was singing our praises highly enough. He was raving about Cap, and he said that Cap are unsurpassed when it just comes to debt help. So there you go. Martin Lewis likes what you do here. But I'm now going to hand over to Ruth who is your lovely uh, centre manager, and she's just going to interview just a couple of clients because that is what it's all about. It's all about the clients and update you on what's going on here. Over to Ruth. Hello. All right, thank you um, so much, Dan, for everything you've said so far and everything you've shared. Um, I just want to take this opportunity to give a massive thank you for all of you. Um, so many of you pray, um, you, you read the newsletters and pray for our clients, pray for the work that we're doing um, as we're going into people's homes, um, praying for us. Um, so many of you come out on visits with myself and Vanessa going into people's homes, again, giving up your time. Um, you give financially. So I just want to say like, thank you so much for everything you do, each and every one of you. Um, and it's such a privilege to do the job that I do. Um, I feel like I say that every time someone asks me, like, how do you find your job? Because that's just the best way to describe it. It is such a privilege to be able to meet so many people within the community and to go into their homes and like just be a part of their journey out of debt um, and share like Jesus's love with them. Um, And I was just thinking as Dan was speaking, like um, this theme of like the storm um, just this week, I went and met a new client for the first time, and um, she she's a Christian, and she pointed to her calendar, um, and it had different verses on um, different days. And she this one was about um, God being a refuge in the storm, and she was like, "Oh, I was looking at that, and I was just thinking how true that is, because it feels like you guys coming here today and like helping me out of my debt is like God um, showing me that He is a refuge." Um, so it's just so like um, sometimes I think these can be like analogies, but actually this is like the reality of like what they are facing um which yeah is amazing to be able to to yeah to be part of that um and yeah so we are currently working with um 32 clients um across camden um some of them have been with us for a while some of them um we haven't met yet so um um, a whole mixture um and we've seen over the six and a half years that this center has been open 
51 clients become debt-free, which is amazing. Um, And um, among that as well, um, 17 evictions have been stopped. So 17 people who haven't lost their home through the work of CAP, which is just such something to rejoice about. Um, So 32 clients. And today I just want to invite one of those ladies to come and just share some of her story with you. Um, She's a really special lady. And um, so, yeah, I just want to invite up Natalia um, to come and share some of her story. Thank you, thank you, God. Sorry, very, very, very emotional time now. My name is Natalia. My surname is Etian. I am seventy-one years, and I'm still working full time, and I'm a music teacher. And uh, last year, I what I was sorry, English language, my second language. <laughs> I can't explain like you done. Yes, but I was in storm as well, and I was in depressed. I stopped. I didn't sleep because every day from housing people call me. It is last reminder, Natalia, be careful. And uh, you know this uh, uh, in brown envelope, all letters, you know. And it is last reminder, Natalia, and last reminder. And um, and uh, I worry I couldn't sleep, and uh, but it didn't help me. Of course, I pray because I'm from Baptist Church as well. I pray. I call my friends, and when I receive letter, the uh, last chance and last reminder, I borrow money from people and give money, but another bill is coming again and borrow money, again and give, pay my bill, it's come over, over. And one day, I just said, God, I can't anymore, God, God say, be still, because all my life I did everything myself, and everybody said, you're so strong, Natalia, you can't do it, don't worry, but it was time when I said, no, that's enough. And um, a friend of mine gave me Cap's telephone number. I think it was Sally, lady at whom I talk. Yes, and uh, she said now, because it was summer holiday, uh, she said it's now holiday time. Can you call us after two weeks? And these two weeks, I just pray, pray. And one day I call, I don't know who it was, one gentleman. And I cried, I explained him my situation. He didn't say me anything. She didn't say, Natalia, don't worry, I will help you. He listened to me, and he said, can we pray together now? <laughs> you know, now I can recognize big difference between we pray for you or we pray with you. Big difference. <laughs> and... Uh, after two weeks, Sue came from Chuk Farm Baptist Church. She came and uh, explained all my situation, show you all my paper. And we pray. And she said, Don't worry, God stay with us. Like, <laughs> I don't know. 
what to change. Now, now it's very big difference. I stop worrying. So, um, I was going to say, um, thank you so much for sharing um, that. Could you just give so, us an idea now of what's changed? Yes. I know you're still oh, working like, towards oh. becoming debt-free, but what is the difference already um, that has happened? Yes, okay. Big difference. Now, uh, my music service increased my hours. Now, my uh, now my salary more than it was before. <laughs> Big difference. And now I stop worry. Yes, I don't worry anymore. And uh, I and uh, I work so hard now. But you know what? Last time I received three thousand pounds. It was my salary. Believe me, I never, never in my life received this salary. When I gave everything, I was very happy. When my account just was only fifty pounds, and I was very happy because it is time when I can. Yeah, I was very happy. And uh, answer yes, cup, cup, please. Help. And what my dream. I think I've, I try to I try to be free a little bit uh, early, quicker, finish everything, and I really want to help in other people who still in the same situation. I'm at seven to one, and I'm sure I can help to other people as well because I know how it is important in in, in this age, you know. And uh, I don't know. Thank you, God, and uh, thank you for God. Thank you for all of you. And I live here. 15 years, and I don't know when we have this congregation, you know. Thank you very much. that's in. Um, thank you so much Natalia. It was amazing to hear some of her story um, and please go and chat to her after the service because she's got so much more to say and <laughs> we had to like cut it down to four minutes but um, yeah she's got such an incredible story and an incredible heart. Um, we're now going to watch um, a video of another um, client who is now debt free. A lot of you will know him um, and this video is from the CAP annual uh, dinner, a fundraising and awards dinner from November um, and this client was um, nominated for and won the Inspiration Award, um, is now debt-free, so please just watch this and just celebrate with him as you hear his incredible testimony um, and his journey with CAP as well. Getting into trouble with the police, we sent the prisoner. I was it's in the wrong place, you know, the wrong people, you know. So, uh, at a time, you know, I could really um, settle down in the job, man. It was, it, was a, it was a mental thing. And uh, so I was going from job to job, unemployment, unemployment, just everything was going up. The train fares, the rents, council tax, and I started to fall behind on the rent, the rent arrears started creeping up. Uh, I just couldn't afford to pay any, um, the full rent, so threatening dollars from every angle from the rent, council tax, 
phone people, you name it, I was getting them all at the same time, man, you know, so... In the end of the day, I had to go and stay with my sister for about three weeks, uh, all like a skeleton, you know. I wouldn't eat no food, I didn't have nothing. That's how I got through CAP, I was just waiting for uh, my doctor for an appointment, and uh, I was looking on the table, they had all these brochures on there, I come across some CAP on there, said that, that health and all that, so I've, t- I've taken one of them. I had a read of it. I, picked, I took the number and I rang up straight away. I took the rough details down. Um, the next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call from Sally and I had to come down for a for an interview, you know. And we went down there, I took all my paperwork down there. Um, and uh, he just went from there, you know. He just, it's happened, it's happened so quickly, you know. I, don't, I, still, um, no, no, I still don't believe it now. I've got until the uh, end of March next year, then the order will be over. I can sleep better now. I no longer have these letters coming through the post anymore, phone calls or none of that sort of stuff doesn't exist anymore. It's all clear. Clear, crystal clear, man. <laughs> yeah, Cap, um, it helps me in a lot of ways. It actually changed me as a person inside mentally and physically, man. Um, I feel like I have a purpose in life again now, man. Colourful. Just like my work, man, that's what represents me, colour, man, you know. That's colour, mate. Colourful. Before I was in a dark black place, a dark hole, I'm no longer there. Yeah, John Kirby came down from Bradford to do a talk um, and a book signing. And while he was there, there's a chance for me and myself and other people there to become Christians. But I just felt ready at the time to do it. Yeah, I got the fight. I've had some um, discovery break there where I was down in Sussex. Um, there's one person there who just helped me so much. And that was um, Wendy Parkinson. Yeah, she, uh, she helped me with my anger. You know, she uh, she sat me down and she went through a process of me uh, forgiving people, so I can just carry on with my own life, man. You know, and it's it's working. The time I come back to London, now, I just saw I was a changed person. Man. I just felt something in me just lift off my shoulders, man. You know? Just sort of like a little relief. I don't have to go through that anymore. 30 years of it, man, yeah. Uh, I all clean. That doesn't make sense, man. <laughs> I just all clean, man. To be honest, it was quite moving to be, when I first met you, Paul, because um, you were holding your head down and, you know, your self-esteem seemed really rock bottom, actually. And the moment you started chatting, I had to say to you, um, do you mind lifting your head up because I'm past your death and I lip read and bless your heart you lifted your head up and uh, you just started chatting away to me and that's when I sort of got to see the real Paul and also a sense of real hope for you in the future so I've nominated Paul for the Inspiration Award because not only has he done really well in CAP but actually if you know his story as we do today he's come a long way He's come an extremely long way and he's very impressive in the fact that he's kept going despite what a hard past he came from. And so I felt very inspired by Paul that despite his struggles, he's kept going with Cap and he's been coming to church, but also for him and himself, the changed man. Very good then. Well, that's what it's all about, really. 
That's it. It's about those lives being touched and transformed by the power of Jesus, lifting people out of that storm. Uh, but also, we want uh, just to recap of the bigger picture. So we also run 300 job clubs, uh, helping people back into employment, release groups, helping people battle addictions, and also life skills groups, helping people just live uh, daily lives. Um, Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I can remember the day when I was a 15-year-old teenager and I cried out to God to save me and I'm so glad he did. If you are a Christian here today, you may be able to remember the day when you called out to God to save you. He didn't abandon you. Instead, he reached down through his son Jesus and saved you from your pit of sin and shame. And he is still doing it today in thousands of people's lives, two of them we've just heard. Cap is calming the mental storm of worry and anxieties about poverty and death so people can hear God and know him so they have open space to open their minds and hearts to God. That's why over 1,000 people every year are becoming Christians through the work of CAP. 1,000 people every year, all in partnership with amazing churches just like this one. One such client is Kylie, and one more story. And we're going to watch her story now on a short film. And she is just one of the 21,000 people CAP help every year. She's a mum to four gorgeous kids and she suffered mental ill health issues because of her death situations. So just before we watch it, my prayer is that God will open your heart and mind to see with fresh eyes just what it's like for people who are suffering with mental ill health issues as a result of death and poverty. Let's just watch again this short film. It's dark, this place, oppressively dark. At sea, open waters, deep trouble. It drowns me. No one knows that I'm aware of my depth, that I'm in debt. Keep swimming, the shore can't be far. But I've been out here for days, or is it months, years? Alone. I am alone. That's the worst part, that no one knows. I never thought that would be me. I never thought I'd feel so weak. I never thought I would struggle to give my kids what they need, but they need, and I have nothing to give. If I blur out this ocean, this black, this blue, it hurts less. I feel less. My mind in tears, gripped by anxiety. When was the last time I laughed, smiled? When was the last time I breathed? without taking in water. I just don't know what happened, how I got here, how I fell in, into the struggle of not eating, of ends not meeting, of hungry, of cold, of lonely, 
endlessly attacked by these waves of darkness and despair and devastation, of threats and guilt and accusation, day after day, day after day, depression, rock bottom, wave after wave, does it never end? They're building and breaking, they're breaking, I'm breaking. I throw all my might into this one sound. Save me! Save me! Quiet. What is this sound? I'm not sure I've heard it before. Stillness. What is it? I don't think I've ever felt like this. A hand reaches for me. You reached for me. You pulled me out of the water and wanted nothing in return. I felt warm in my skin, warmth in my soul. For the first time in years, I saw light. Brilliant light, like first thing in the morning, blazing the darkness, the end of the night. Unconditional support, inexhaustible kindness, a peace that surpassed all conceivable understanding. You saw me. You find me, you lift at me, and I breathed. At last. So praise God that he can bring uh, true light into the darkness and hope in the midst of despair. So just as I come into land, let me finish with just two ways you can get involved with CAP right here and right now. Well, today I'd like to offer you a couple of free books. I can thanks the excitement in the room lifted. There you go. Three books. Have <laughs> you heard me correctly? Um, firstly, and you may have read this, but nevertheless, if you've never read Nevertheless, it is a phenomenal book, and it's taken uh, through the eyes of John Kirkby, uh, Cap's founder, and it's an amazing faith builder. It's also a great book to give to other people um, just to explain what's going on, how a Cap works. Uh, but also, if you've read Nevertheless, I also have another book, so come prepared. Uh, so Journeys of Hope, uh, which just takes 12 client stories, like some of the ones we've heard today, of how God has just rescued people from the storm of poverty. If you would like a book today, and I have lots of them, on the chair near you, you will see this form. So you'll see this form on a chair near with you. If you would like a book, all you need to do is just fill in section one of the form and then just bring your form to the table afterwards, and I will be more than happy uh, to give you a book afterwards. There are thousands of people like Kylie who are just being battered about by the debt of poverty. They are living with anxiety, stress and depression with nowhere to turn. They feel alone and we've been healing just completely hopeless. They are crying out to God for help and his church to help them. Every six minutes, somebody like Kylie rings our helpline. Will we answer their cry for help? It costs just £5 to answer CAP's helpline to give someone like Kylie and the clients we've heard today hope 
that there is a way out and a friendly debt coach is on their way. One in three of our clients wait over three years to ring because they think no one can help them. When they pull up the courage to call the day they call and first hear that there is hope, some cry with relief, some shout for joy. This is only possible because 28,000 other Christians have joined together to give regularly to CAP. We call them life changers. Would you like to join them? Five pounds a month will answer someone like Kylie's cry for help. Fifteen a month will answer three people's cry for help. There is also an opportunity to join John Kirkby, our Founders Vision Sponsors Club, so it's an exclusive club, by giving £50 a month. We're looking for 1,000 people to help fund our vision of 1,000 CAP centres by 2021. Now, this may just be for one person here today who the Lord may be calling for this specific role. John works personally with all the vision sponsors, with news, and you get an inside view of all that we are doing through our centre network. If you get a sense that that is you, then all you need to do is, again, just indicate on this form, vision sponsor, and I will come and explain to you a little bit more afterwards. Listen, whether you can give 5, 15, 50, doesn't matter. Every pound makes a difference Life changes equal centre. Without life changes, there would be no Cap Ones of Centre. There would be no Cap Camden Centre. It is a vital part of what we do. And if you would like to give, you just fill in section two of this form and bring it to me afterwards. So Cap is on a mission to have 1,000 centres covering the UK by 2021 to bring life-transforming help to more people like Kylie in desperate need. CAP gets no government funding, largely due to our belief that Jesus, Jesus is the real answer. And that's why as Christians, we need today to rise up to this challenge and either get involved with your centre here or give today. So my time is gone. So on behalf of the thousands of people like Kylie and the people we've heard today, that will, you will be helping through your generosity. Thank you. It's been a privilege to talk to you today. Come, I'm on the stand afterwards, so come on up and have a chat with me. And over to Richard, because time is gone. Thank you, Dan, so much. Thank you, that was, that was incredible, it really was. Um, why don't we jump to our feet? The band are going to come um, back up. We're going to sing... <laughs> We're going to sing together. Whilst we sing, we'll probably sing one more song, but whilst we sing... Um, I'd love us to...